and welcome back to Conversations with Nicole and part two of my conversation with Tim Guin, Executive Vice President and Chief Commercial Officer for USA Truck. In part one, we talked about USA Truck and the trucking industry. In part two, you will hear Tim's personal story. It's one of perseverance and success. Take a listen. This is where for me, it really does start to uh, be matters of the heart because you've shared some of your personal story with me before. It is one of faith and perseverance. It is one that does relate to the trucking industry as well with your stepfather, who you call your dad down the road. And it's, um, it's inspiring. You're currently working on your memoirs and the title will be The Will and the Way. Been times in my life, just like in everybody else's life, that you you think that you've been wronged either by God or people or society. You become a victim. And we are, we're all victimized at some point in our lives, but you just can't settle in uh, and be a victim. Uh, you can decide whether you're a victim or not. If you've been victimized, you can learn how to overcome that. You can go to God with that in prayer and you, you can pray for people and you can, you know, you can work your way through it. And what I realize is it makes you stronger. So this is, I'm going to say 20 something years ago, I've been going to a men's Bible study on Wednesdays and I was out on a business trip and I started thinking about my life and uh, it was a three hour drive from Hartsville, South Carolina to Greenville from Sunoco. I was I had a meeting there one day and uh, my mom had always felt guilty uh, about our childhood and the things that had happened and the things where she may have failed or may she felt like she failed as a parent. But I can tell you one thing, my mother always got up and went to work every day and sometimes two jobs. And I, and I, and I thought, gosh, man, she's probably, you know, regretful because I hear it in her voice. And I said, mom, I just want you to know one thing. I said, I wouldn't trade my life with anybody else's. And we both got very emotional sure. on the phone. But you look at stories like Dabo Sweeney. I, I love his story. It's very similar to mine. Maybe not as drastic as my situation, but very, very similar. Uh, alcoholism, out of a home, losing a marriage, losing a home, and having to fight tooth and nail for uh, for everything. And it's just made him stronger as a leader and a person. It's made me stronger a, as a leader and a person and knowing that you're not, you're not guaranteed anything. God didn't put us here to make us happy. You know, we're, we, you know, he put us here to endure. The will and the way uh, was uh, my grandmother. She used to say that we, you know, I would go to her house and spend a lot of my young adult life uh, with her. A lot of, and she would always say, Hey, where there's a will, there's a way. And, uh, She'd pray over me, and we listened to Elvis gospel music on vinyl, and uh, I never forgot. I never forgot that. And if I was going to do anything, it was I had to have higher power and believe in something bigger than myself. And so that's the will uh, to do that, and the desire to do that, and the way. And uh, you know what? I, this this these memoirs are going to be for my family. I don't have any desire to put it out. I'll give it to anybody that wants to to read it, but. I'm going to finish it when I retire, and I'm, I'm a long way from that, but just the story of overcoming and persevering, uh, no matter what the circumstances are, because if you have the will and the way, and you believe in something bigger than yourself, things are going to work out. I'll share how it all started for you, Tim. You started in a, a family, and there was, there was crisis. Your father left. 
give us that background. Yeah, so I, I, like I said earlier, I don't remember my father early, early years. And uh, so I'm going to say, I'm going to refer to him as my father. And I'm going to talk about my dad as my, as my stepdad, who, who, you know, I looked at as an angel from heaven. And you, you were one of eight children, too. Yeah, there's eight of us. And at the time that I can forward back, because I can, I can remember vividly, you know, four or five years old being in that time frame, because there's traumatic events that that happened you know here's my mother working two jobs my grandparents taking care of half the kids and we were just happy you know we didn't know any different as children my my mother had angst and was struggling and then my brother dan you know typical uh, situation uh, in the projects got you know started doing drugs when he was 12 years old and my brother was never the same yeah so he doesn't remember uh what ha- what happened so you had the situation growing up that was unstable in a lot of ways, and you lost your home at some point. Uh, you talk about getting off the bus, seeing your belongings out in your front yard when you were around 10. And you said then, I will never let this happen to me. What I want, and you had siblings who went off to the Connie Maxwell Children's Home. That was a blessing. You say that was a blessing, right? It saved yeah. them. And saved then, them. And then once your mother, your, your dad disappears, your mother marries your, her, your stepdad, which you say is your true dad because of how he saved your family. All of these things happened and you could have become so bitter, Tim. You could have become that person that said, I, I'm bitter, I'm not... I, all these reasons will be why I can't be successful. But you said, no, I won't let this happen to me. And you have had God right here to sustain you and make you the person that you are today. Am I right? Absolutely. You know, I go back to the Elvis on vinyl, the gospel music, uh, my grandmother, the will and the way and the pray prayer and uh, I think about uh, friends you know I think about the friends in my life and uh, the mentors uh, Billy Richardson you know was my French teacher in high school who really taught me a lot about accountability and you know uh, Miss Atkinson my counselor she got me scholarships uh, to go to school and time between uh, what I described with my brother and and my sister's coming back uh, to live with us when my, when my dad uh, finally got the second home for us uh, that, they all, that we all settled into. That, that time was probably the most difficult time of my life. So, you know, my sisters, they didn't see a lot of that. And I'm grateful for Connie Maxwell. And I was telling one of my sisters the other day, you, didn't, you know, I've never talked about it, but you don't, there was, there was times that uh, there was pretty desperate times yeah. for me and my mother but uh they were kind of shielded from that and and they came back with faith from connie maxwell mm-hmm. and uh connie maxwell uh we they they said one of the requirements when they come home is to go to church and so the next thing you know we're in church me and my mom get baptized when i'm 11 years old i get baptized with my mother and her life starts to change and and then uh uh so i got accountability it's in school uh, I got mentors. I got people looking after me, praying over me. Uh, I'm working, you know, uh, from the time that I could work. I always had a job. I played a lot of sports. I had coaching mentors there. Um, and then I met my sweet wife when I was 16. 
and she changed it. She changed it. She converted me from a Baptist to a Methodist. <laughs> and so, but that was the first time that, you know, I believe, I was always a believer, but God started speaking to me and I started my Christian walk, you know, at uh, 16, 17, 18, uh, although I was nowhere near where I needed to be. And uh, then I got out into the business world and started in sales. And as I matured, I knew I was letting down Christ. And, you know, I, I knew at that point, it wasn't about the world. It was about, you know, my everlasting eternity. Yeah. And uh, so I started then, uh, already had great friends, um, had great friends I grew up with. I still, we called this group of five guys, the Jackson Five, because we all loved uh, Motown. And that was the nickname that we have for each other. But, and then, you know, I met Watts, uh, uh, your husband, many, many, many years ago, gosh, 30 years ago, 34 years ago, maybe longer. And he's been a good friend and, you know, we're accountable to each other. The people we surround ourselves with, with either, will either raise uh, or lower our standards. Mm. It's just, they either, they either help us to become the best version of ourselves or encourage us to become lesser versions of ourselves. Uh, we become like our friends. Right. No man becomes great on his own. No woman becomes great on her own. The people around them help them to be great. We all need people in our lives who raise our standards, remind us of our uh, essential purpose, and challenge us to become the best version of ourselves, which is what I was talking about earlier. How can I, I don't want to be Dabo Sweeney. You know, I talked about him. I'm similar to him. My situation is similar, but I want to be the best uh, Tim Gillen that I can be. You had your situation with your biological father who disappeared out of your life. Years later, he did come back into your life. He got out of prison. He came back to Greenville. He started causing problems uh, with us and our family and my new dad. He got arrested again and it was in the newspaper and, mm. you know, uh, we were all embarrassed about it. And he put his, our address in with, on the arrest record where we lived and it caused lots of problems. And I had a teacher at school that read the, the whole uh, article next morning to everybody in the homeroom. And, you know, it was really, really an embarrassing situation. Uh, I became bitter, I, uh, you know, uh, caused a lot of fights when I was a kid during that time in middle school. I, he ends up in the streets, sleeping under a bridge. And so one night he calls of all people, his mother-in-law. Now think about that. Mm. So. My grandmother, probably the most loving, kind, forgiving uh, person you could ever imagine, she just took the call and she went to help. Wow. And um, the stories in uh, God Wears His Own Watch, but the long story uh, accountability piece is that he goes to Miracle Hill, which was a rescue mission on Washington Street, and it's still there today. Expanded, obviously. Um, proud to be associated with a great ministry but our that ministry has touched our family it still touches me every day um but uh when he knocked on the door he had been there before they turned him away mm. and the reason they had a policy that if you were intoxicated you could not enter the building and they told him if you would go uh sober up you can come back tomorrow and we'll feed you and we'll put you in a room but once he went in he never came out um he came back the next day there's stories of, of my dad 
if, if you know an alcoholic, uh, you'll appreciate what I'm going to tell you, that this was God. My dad never went through a detox program. He detoxed himself. Uh, there were people there that would say that he would lay on the concrete floor in his bunk room and scream, and they felt like it was the demons leaving his body. Um, he, uh, by the time uh, he got out of that situation, started working for Miracle Hill. I was in high school. Um, you know, I, through encouragement of a lot of people and prayer by my grandmother, you know, I did reconnect with him and I didn't believe him. But he started, he said, hey, I want to help you. And he started giving me money, you know, spending money to go to college. And I thought, okay, I can just go have this lunch with this fellow. And even though I don't care for him and what he, how he ruined our family, I'm going to take his money. But the more and more I got to know him, uh, the more and more lunches I had. Uh, I actually thought he was still drinking. I thought, man, he's lying. He's just in here to tear our family apart. And but uh, he wasn't. He he never. I never heard uh, him cuss, and he never never drank again. Now, he's passed away, uh, but he lived his last twenty years serving Miracle Hill and God, and uh, helped start an inner city church, and uh, you know got a Father of the Year award uh, later on in that church and his story inspired the rest of my family including my stepfather to get a little closer in his faith and his spirit uh, spiritual life uh, so it's all going to be uh, in the memoirs but uh, that's how God stepped in with prayer with my grandmother in my situation and uh, you know my dad my, my step my stepdad learned from my father and my father uh, proved us Oh, I was doubting Thomas, but he proved us all wrong. Well, for proved you, especially. the power of forgiveness and healing for you, you had to let God come into your life and, and, and humble you probably even more so that you could forgive your dad, because in the end, he was an example to others to show what God could do in his life. And y'all were able to reconnect. That's the power of God's love and forgiveness. Absolutely. And the wonderful thing about Miracle Hill is I see it happen all yeah. the time now. Right. The once I got, I let go of the bitterness and the hatred in my life and into my early 20s. Um, it changed me as a person. I grew again. As you can see, these all these stages in my life is I grew from every one of those uh, situations. And I tell people all the time that, man, my dad didn't finish. So I mean, he didn't he didn't start so strong, but he sure finished strong. And I just hope that Tim Gewen can finish strong. I don't no doubt you will, Tim. You are truly an inspiration. And for those that are watching right now, Miracle Hill Ministries is in the upstate of South Carolina. And I'll have a link to their website so that people can learn more about that. We could probably just keep and add, and, and Nikki, uh, add Connie Maxwell to that because I'm yes. telling you right now, my sisters go back for the reunions and I don't know where. Uh, they would be uh, without Connie Maxwell. We probably need to wrap up, but is there anything that you want to say as we close? And I do want to thank you for your time, Tim, to talk about USA Truck and what's happening with that organization and also what's happened in your personal life that you have shown that no matter what we are faced with, we can overcome, we can be better, we can be a bright light when 
it seems like it's a very dark world and we do that with the help of the Lord and we can hopefully inspire others and show them that there is a way don't ever give up. Well, you you said a lot there and I don't know that I could add a whole lot to it, but I I can tell, I can tell you this, that, you know, I, I think everybody needs to understand that everybody's situation that they may be in or have been in, um, is, is personal and it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult and emotional. You could tell today, uh, it, before I couldn't talk about it. I'm just going to tell you, there was so much pain and so much, uh, bitterness, uh, that I couldn't share that story and embarrassment. Think about that. I remember being in a food stamp line and being in the grocery store, with my mother and collecting welfare and being on free lunch at school and being embarrassed about that. And, and, uh, you know, when you asked me that earlier, what did I, you know, you could easily been bitter. I just chose to not be in it. I don't want that. I don't want a handout. And uh, I don't know why I felt that way, but I was just sick and tired, I think, of the situation that we were in. And I wanted to step up and, and, and lead, you know, the people around me, my family. And, you know, for me, I just want everybody to know, hey, everybody has some pain. There's always going to be a struggle. Yeah. And you need something bigger than yourself to lean on and pr- get you through it. When you lose someone, something like that, that you got God, you got your friends uh, to lean on and know that uh, it's a journey. And, you know, God's got it and he's got a bigger plan uh, than we do. And we just don't right. know it and understand it, right? Keep looking right. up, right? Absolutely. So go be the best version of yourself. That's right. I'll be the best Nikki. You be the best Tim, right? That's right. <laughs> Tim, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was, it was an honor. It really was. I'm grateful that you had me on. Thank you. My heart is full. Folks, that will do it for this edition of Conversations with Nicole. Until I see you again, I hope you have a great day.